This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. It's thrilled today to be joined by one of the smartest people in the surgery center and hospital business, Naya Kihays. Naya is the principal and the practice leader, the ASC practice leader at ECG. She's originally the founder of her own firm and a brilliant, brilliant business leader. We're going to talk to her about what's motivating hospitals and hospitals to develop ASC strategies, you know, what are payers saying, what's happening with surgery centers, how do hospitals respond to things moving to surgery centers, and, and a lot more. Naya, can you take a moment and introduce yourself? Then we'll get into the bulk of the discussion about hospitals and surgery centers and the relationships and a lot more. Thank you so much, Scott. It's wonderful to be here. Um, yes, as you said, in my role as the ASC practice leader here at ECG, I've had the the privilege of working with surgery centers and health systems across the United States for over 20 years now and have seen any massive change in the environment and, and key drivers that are affecting the ASC platform here moving forward. And they're just such a critical component of the delivery system. And it, it surely is accelerating. And it's been, uh, it's been a fun ride. And I think the future is going to be really, really interesting uh, for ASCs and health systems. And, and Naya, you've been an observer and involved in the surgery center industry for literally 25 years. So you've seen it through ups and downs. You saw it through slow growth. Now there's an acceleration in growth again. What are the key drivers that are motivating hospitals and health leaders and systems to develop a surgery center strategy? I think some of the major key drivers are, one, the regulatory changes with CMS. Um, they continue to accelerate and they're going even faster when you look at, especially in 2021 and 2020, some of the higher valued hospital-based surgery, total joints, mastectomy, hysterectomies, prostatectomy, cardiology, and, and additional spine cases, these are very, very valuable cases in the health systems. And with respect to, you know, 2020, 2021, COVID has accelerated some of this and it, and it stays, right? They, they started to move and it and once they move, they don't go back. Um, ASCs are getting access to equipment to do the bigger cases. So before, you know, hospitals just used to have the robotics and things like that. And now when vendors are working with them, so the ASC, so that they can afford the robotics and some of the instrumentation and things that, that re are required of the bigger cases. Uh, market competition with ASCs are recruiting surgeons away from health systems and giving them opportunity to have equity positions. And then payer policies and benefit designs are key drivers. And talk for a moment about the payer policies. When we were, you know, not that long ago, payers had this love-hate relationship with surgery centers. They knew surgery centers would charge them less, but the payers were so close to the health systems that every dollar that went to a surgery center meant they were going to pay higher dollars to hospitals for other services. What is driving and what are you seeing with commercial payers and how they're now influencing case migration from hospitals to surgery centers. What are some of the things that you're seeing? Uh, commercial payers have absolutely changed their philosophy quite a bit, and I think it's really accelerated in the last few years. To to your point, um, you know, historically, they were concerned about you know what the potential implications were on the health systems. I think the pressures that the payers are getting from the employer groups and the, especially the self-insured employer groups who are holding them accountable with respect to transparency and to keep premiums down and to, you know, looking at what the potential implications are on the spend for the patients out of pocket. 
have been pretty critical drivers to the point where we're seeing some really bold moves from some of the major payers with respect to site of service policies, which I think really have implications on health systems. Because if you think about United Healthcare between 2015 and 2021, they've probably been the most aggressive with site of service policies, where they started in 2015 with about 24 procedures that they were directing or recommending that they be performed in an ASC, and they weren't as aggressive about them having to be performed in an ASC if there was one available. But then in 2019, they added 65 musculoskeletal procedures, which was basically your bread and butter sports medicine procedures to their list. And those those policies got a little bit more stringent where if an ASC were available and the physician was credentialed and there wasn't any clinical issue, those patients that were being requested to be having surgery in the hospital would need prior authorization. And basically, if there was an ASC available, um, they were going to the ASC if the physician was credentialed there. In February of 2021, United added over 2,100, I think it's 2,145 procedures that are now subject to site of service review uh, on their commercial business. And they actually now added a provision for their Medicare Advantage members. This is the first time I've seen a a payer apply a a policy like this to their Medicare Advantage members, uh, which is a much smaller list, but these procedures do need approval to be performed in the hospital setting. Again, if the ASC is, if there's an ASC available, the physician's credential, they can perform it with equipment and so forth. A couple of other payers who have also or who are also taking on some site of service policies, and these are just a few, I know there's others, are Empire Blue Cross in New York. They made some announcements in 2021. In October of 2020, Blue Cross in Minnesota also established some policies, and there's definitely you know others out there. But these are big payers that are creating policies that are directing patients there. And they are creating benefit designs. You know, this is do benefit designs and co-pays and basically it negates the, you know, the referral patterns, right, in a hospital. Because if you've you've got a payer directing the patient where to go, then that kind of removes or or creates more risk for the hospital. And they're educating the patients about what their options are and what their out-of-pocket is. And some of them are actually removing co-pays and co-insurances when they're going to the lower, lower cost side of service. So it's a financial incentive for the patient as well. And and Naya, what are some of the biggest surgery cases that are now moving out of hospitals to ASCs? What are you seeing? I've seen some of the the biggest acceleration, and it's been pretty incredible, especially with COVID, have been total joints. Um, And those have been heavily driven by the vendors also making robotics available. But we had just one example, um, pre-COVID, one surgery center that was only doing about five total joints a month. And then after... They came back online when they had to close due to COVID in July or August. They're now up to about 40 a month, which was unbelievable what that acceleration was. And, I, and also during COVID, um, our experience with the payers is that payers moved quickly to help restructure ASC contracts for those ASCs that were looking you know, to migrate um, these cases because some of the surgery centers were helping the the hospitals as well that that we're, we're not doing these cases because of COVID. So, it, and it's not just the the total joints. We've we've seen it with breast reconstructions, hysterectomy, spine. We're also seeing bigger urology cases 
prostatectomy was just approved in January, along with some of the other larger urology and general surgery cases requiring robotics. And um, those are starting to move. We're seeing surgery centers, you know, purchase um, the robots and moving those cases as well. It's a it's pretty big book of business and risk, I think, for, for health systems. And I think it's going to increase. And, and, and give us a percentage, if you have one, of cases that you're seeing that are currently performed in hospitals that are actually ASC eligible. Like how big is that book of business that can move from hospitals to surgery centers? Scott, it, it is absolutely incredible. We, we run these assessments and analytics. Actually, I think I have a project probably monthly on this right now uh, for hospitals wanting to understand what their risk is to surgery migration. And depending upon the payer mix, um, the highest one I've, I've done and it was just recently was actually a little bit over 80%. And within that, and this is not just based upon, is it on the ASE approved list? This is with consideration of length of stay, less than 24 hours in the hospital, um, the ASA levels, measuring the comorbidities of the patients, talking to the surgeons about what can go and can't go. Um, but we typically will see at least 60%. And the highest one, like I said, I, I recently ran was a little bit over 80%. Uh, that that particular hospital had a higher commercial mix. So if the hospital has a higher Medicare mix, tend to see that number sitting around 60 to 70%. But these are cases that are being discharged from the hospital considered same day. And they do not, you know, there's a lot, the majority of them are ASA level ones and twos. So those are um, not difficult from a, from a clinical standpoint to move. And we're starting to see more ASA level threes moving over into the ASCs as well, or eligible to move to the ASCs as well when you speak to the surgeons. And a lot of this is, you know, technology, um, post-operative pain management, you know, the ability to extended recovery care up to 24 hours in an ASC. And so that number has changed quite a bit over the last few years. No, fantastic. I mean, it's a huge amount of cases that are moving and the peer policy changes are dramatic. Talk about how can hospitals and health systems mitigate the losses that, that are attributed to the risk of migration, to the potential for cases moving out of hospitals. How do hospitals fight that? How do they mitigate financial losses? Uh, what we're seeing hospitals do is they're looking at two different types of ASC scenarios. One, you know, should I be developing an ASC because of the volume that I have today that's going to move out? And should I develop it before, you know, it, it moves on its own? and also investing in ASCs where they've already lost the volume and maybe it's new surgeons and it gives them access to potentially new physician partners that they can align with. So um, investing in surgery centers in secondary markets, which gives them accretive value, or even in their own market where they've had a lot of leakage. For example, we see this with GI a lot where you know, a lot of GI has gone out and it's leakage from the system because they don't have an endoscopy center. And so they'll go out and invest or they'll develop their own as well as orthopedics, which is becoming, you know, a, a really big, it has been for some time, but it's a, it's a really big, big threat. And then also we're seeing health systems that are doing multiple surgery centers implement their own infrastructures to manage the surgery center so that they're not having another a management company involved. They're trying to do it themselves so that they manage the surgery center with the physicians. Um, we are also seeing some health systems that are developing ASCs where they own them 100% because of their employed physicians, because of the pressures from um, the payers and w needing to have that option. Uh, but I think 
I think it's really interesting to see that 100% owned because there's a lot of value to having the physician be an equity partner, right, with with respect to cost control and things like that. But in any event, if the physician is not an investor, they're still gaining efficiency. So their their volume and their and their work value is higher, you know, when they're going into that ASC. So that that does help as well as their managed care strategies. The health systems have an opportunity to work with the it's a very big part of it to have an effective managed care strategy and be proactive with the payers ahead of time. If they can create alternative payment models, like if they've got bundled payments and that ASC presents an opportunity to lower their cost and they have gain sharing and and, and incentives for their physicians, um, they can help to mitigate that loss pretty substantially. And also talking to the payers about, look, the volume I've got left is sicker patients, higher acuity, you know, if I'm going to do these cases in an ASC, work with me on the hospital side um, to offset some of those losses from a contracting standpoint. The payer uh, relationship and strategy is really important um, to mitigating those losses. Fascinating. Let me ask you another question. What are you seeing with hospital ownership in ASCs? You mentioned a little bit of this in your last answer, but what are some of the things that you're seeing in hospitals and what they're doing with surgery center ownership? I'm definitely seeing hospitals um, buying up on ownership uh, equity, you know, at 70, 80%. Some of them, like I just said, at a hundred percent, or they're buying back shares so that they can get into the majority position if they were already a partner, you know, in a surgery center and a minority position, because they're looking at cannibalization, to be quite frank. And, And not just cannibalization is the payers driving it out. They're looking to retain value and they're, looking to have, you know, a bigger stake in that ASC because of, you know, the financial risks and losses are becoming greater. So they're trying to retain more value for sure. Fantastic. And Naya, when you look at this whole situation, what are some of the best opportunities for hospitals and health systems when you look at surgery migration? What are the best ways that hospitals can deal with this? I do think it's very important for them to be proactive. And to look at, you know, if there's community physicians in the marketplace that they've already lost volume to, is there an opportunity to be a partner in their surgery center? Is there an opportunity to develop, you know, new surgery centers where they can have a partnership before they they lose it to their competitors? And if they've lost volume, like the GI example or, you know, ophthalmology or any specialty for that matter, is there an opportunity for the health system to create that service line and maybe develop their own endoscopy center or their own eye center? That's an ASC, not an HOPD, and pull that volume back in. So if they can't go out and JV, you know, with others, can they, and they're referring out or they're losing the referrals out to physicians that are participating, um, they do have um, the potential opportunity to, you know, create that service line. And and some of the the risks, you know, if they don't do that, they're going to have continued leakage um, because of the redirection of patients to ASCs where there's providers associated with them. And um, because the competitors are, are recruiting their docs, if they've got employed docs, they are potentially at risk to, you know, competitors and and other health systems that, you know, may be involved with an ASC and they're giving those physicians the opportunity to participate. So you're seeing a great migration sort of over the last couple of years and and accelerated really by COVID-19 as well and by payer strategies moving towards value-based care. 
What other steps and advice do you have for hospital leaders as they look at these? Do they look at this as an opportunity, if this is a threat? What other advice do you have for hospital leaders? I think it's very important for hospital leaders to understand what their risk is of surgery that can migrate and understand what their current environment is, both with the payers as well as, you know, ASC competition and other hospitals and what, you know, their strategies may be, you know, with ASC. So um, understanding the volume and the dollar risk and is, is very, very important. As I previously said, be proactive rather than reactive. If they're too late, um, you know, looking at this, they're, they're losing more volume than, than they could mitigate, you know, if they had, um, had a plan. It's really important for them to align with the surgeons, both the employed, if they have employed physicians, as well as community physicians, and really develop an ASC strategy. Because if they don't, their competitors will, and they will lose volume. And, and it, it's very scary for some of these hospitals when you look at the number of ORs that these procedures fill and procedure rooms that they fill and, and looking at, can I convert them, you know, or do I have to shut them down? And what's the future growth if they're not in a market where they've got a lot of growth? It's hard. And, and some of the health systems are definitely waiting. Um, but if your environment is very competitive and your competitive competing hospitals are already doing this, you don't want to be the last one, you know, at the table and, and absolutely align with the payers and talk to them about, you know, how you can work with them if you're thinking about developing an ASC. It's, it's really important. That relationship is huge because it will help you to mitigate your losses uh, in the long term. Magnificent. Naya, just a pleasure to visit with you and so insightful always. Really a fascinating time of migration of these cases. It's, it's for small and mid-sized health systems. It can be everything to the bottom line for larger systems. Maybe they're a little bit more value-based, a little bit more capitated, and, and they've got a little more room here. But this is a real threat, particularly to small, mid-sized health systems, even the largest systems. And so important for every system to develop a surgery center strategy. Thank you so much. And I know you work with a ton of very large systems that have built big strategies around surgery centers. Naya, at ECG Consultants, Management Consultants, you're the leader of the surgery center practice, which is really today focused a lot around hospitals and health systems, and a principal at the firm, and just a magnificent leader. Naya, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Scott. It's a pleasure to be here.